Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. And guys, I am very, very, very excited to be talking to today's guest. He's going to answer a lot of questions that I've got and probably ones that you've got as well. He is a wellness expert, a public speaker, and above all, a doctor. Please welcome to the show, Dr. Matt Chalmers. How you guys doing? Thank you so much for being on, Matt. It's uh, it's a real pleasure to uh, to have you on the show. Um, dude, you're about the buffest, fittest doctor I've ever seen. What's up with that, man? <laughs> well, it, and this is it's just one of those totally personal things. Other doctors can feel however they want to about it. But w- when I tell people I'm a doctor, I always feel like I'm telling them I have a mastery of the human body. Right. And it, if you had a mastery of the human body, you'd be able to look however you wanted to. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to you know put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to cut up and I'm going to, you know, it might not be like, I don't want to be that big or this and that. I'm like, well, do you understand how someone would want to look like I do? Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, I can see that. I'm like, well, okay, that's that's why I cut up. That's why I want to look this way so that, you know, when I talk about health and wellness and fitness, I live the life. I, I look the part. And so that was kind of the whole idea. For, for the guys listening on audio and not watching, like, if, if you wanted to beat up Dr. Chalmers, you would probably need to pack a lunch and a fold-in chair because it would be a... <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, the most in-shape doctor we know. Tell me, uh, tell me, Matt, tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into doing the things that it is that you do. So um, I got into chiropractic because uh, I hurt my back in high school playing football and I couldn't walk. And we went and saw every specialist you can imagine, neurosurgeon, neurologist, orthopedic surgeon, spine specialist, everybody, radiologist, PT, everybody. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, my parents carried me in. I was bench pressing 400 pounds and squatting 600 pounds, weighed 250 pounds at the time. And they send this little kid who looked like he'd never seen the sun and was about 150 pounds to tell me that I was lying. There was nothing wrong with me because they couldn't find anything wrong with me. I would just didn't want to play football anymore. And this was just my, my way of getting out of it. What? And yeah. And I look at the guy and I was like, if I could reach you, I'd break you in half. And he was shocked. He was shocked that I would be upset with what he just said to me. Dude. And I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, we call my coach. I'm like, Hey man, I can't play ball anymore. I can't even walk. He goes, go see our team chiropractor. And because my life is hilarious like this, I remember telling him I need a doctor, not a massage. Mm-hmm. He was like, he's our team doc. Just go see him. I'm like, fine. My parents literally carried me in he adjusted me. I got hobbled out and went back to practice three days later. So I was like, this is cool. This is different. I want to try looking into this. And so I started looking into it. And it, it, what's funny is that I, I wanted to be a, a surgeon before this happened. And afterwards, I met the surgeons and they were like, there's nothing wrong with you because we can't find anything wrong with you. Not there's something wrong with you. We just can't find it. Oh, and wow. that was a that's a really yeah. big that's a really big piece for me. And so I was like, All right, I'm going to do the chiropractic thing. Well, while I was in school, um, I've always been one of those who, who asks all the questions. Mm-hmm. And so we're going through this deal on osteoporosis. And then um, later in physiology, he's talking about uh, testosterone. He's like, well, osteoblastic formation is driven by testosterone. So I raised my hand. I was like, well, why aren't we just giving all these women with osteoporosis testosterone? And my teacher, who's an MD, just looks astonished and was like, oh, my God, I don't I don't know. That's, that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> and he just goes on with his lecture. And I'm like, what? Right. So since then it's been like all right well what else is out there that we're we're not really doing and so 
you know, my big thing, and people are like, how'd you get, how do you do all the things you do? And I'm like, I, I know how to read. And so I just wake up at 4 a.m. I have for 12 years, I wake yep. up at 4 and I read research articles for two hours. So that's where a lot of this stuff has come from. So that's kind of the background of, you know, how I got started and kind of why I, you know, have all these weird things that I know. And so that's it's just well, reading research. Why does the medical industry or why does a lot of the mainstream medical industry treat chiropractors like they're witchcraft, man? Why? You know, they there's always that stigma of well it's you're not a real doctor you're just a you're just a chiropractor you know why, why is that um you know i think for a long time uh the the knowledge base of neurology because chiropractic is actually very based in neurology mm -hmm. um wasn't well understood um i think a lot of the chiros that are out no offense to any you know older chiros um were making claims that were crap um and that comes back on you pretty bad when you're like, Hey, right, we can right. do all these things and you can't, it comes back pretty bad. Um, plus the other thing is a lot of the chiropractic things that we use in this world. So the big philosophy difference is that in chiropractic, we believe that, uh, healing comes from the inside out. The, mm -hmm. the knowledge that created the body, the power that created the body heals the body. Right. Um, medicine believes that man's knowledge and man's chemistry fixes the body and the body doesn't do anything on its own. Mm. So that's really kind of the, where the separation happens. And so we talk about nutrition, we talk about uh, exercise, we talk about, you know, those type of things. And the medical community gets almost no education, like that's maybe so four strange. hours. Because you guys, you guys are curing the symptoms and the medical guys are just curing the disease. And if, if you just cure the disease, the symptoms will keep coming back, right? Well, the thing, it's kind of, it's, it's the opposite. So if you, you, you're like, Hey, I have a headache. Well, here's a pain. Like if I have a knife stuck in my leg, I'm like, that hurts. And mm -hmm. I take morphine. It doesn't hurt anymore. Right. So the right. symptoms gone, but the knife's the still, knife's still there. Right. Yeah. So, and that's kind of where a lot of this stuff comes into, you know, it's, it, you know, people call it, I have IBS. I have celiac. Okay. It's a glute. It's a glyphosate issue, not gluten, but glyphosate. You're like, well, why do you make that comment? Well, because all my celiac and IBS patients, when they go to Europe, can eat all the bread and all the pasta they want because they banned glyphosate in Europe over 20 years ago. Now, glyphosate is a chemical ingredient in weed killer. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah, it's Roundup. So so that's I'm not really a surgeon. It's just my brand name. So I'm just trying to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so there's just little things like that. It's like, okay. So my philosophy. Go back, go back to that just a second, yeah. Matt, if you would. So you're saying that, that a gluten allergy in America is not necessarily the same as a gluten allergy in Europe based on the fact that the gluten in America contains traces of the pesticides that we use in American agriculture. Correct. Okay. And that's, that's actually a really big thing. So when people come in, I always tell them, like, so first of all, my philosophy is that, you know, we can fix, the body can fix anything as we just, if we just give it the stuff it needs and get the hell out of the way, it'll do its thing. And so that kind of goes back into this autoimmune issue. Like people come in and I'm like, I have to understand, I recognize you're hurting. I'm not, I'm not belittling your pain. However, I don't believe in autoimmune diseases like the medical community does. You don't get to 40 and then one day your body just goes, you know what, screw you. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna destroy the thyroid. You've had a chemical or viral or you know, or traumatic insult to the body, and the mm -hmm. body is now reacting to that issue. And so if you remove that issue, everything gets better, which is why type two diabetes and, and, and Hashimoto's and Graves and all these autoimmune diseases and celiac are reversible. Because mm -hmm. if you remove the thing that's causing the, the body to freak out, the body quits freaking out. And so that's why we can go back there and do some of that stuff. So that's, that's kind of one of those philosophical points that gets us where we need to go on that, on that life state topic. 
Wow. It's, it, this is like probably the most interesting podcast I've done so far. And we're, we're only like five minutes into it. I'm, I'm totally like enamored with, with what it is that, that you're doing. Um, talk to me a little bit more about your journey, like into this, uh, uh after your football injury and you, you got fixed by a chiropractor and not by surgeons. Tell me a little bit more about your journey and your awakening into the, uh, into the field. Um, you know, it's kind of funny because as we start going through, uh, I, I did lots of specialties. So I did lots of, I did some pediatric stuff. I did sports stuff and I did neurology. Mm-hmm. And so I have a specialty in neurology, which has been really, really helpful because once you start to understand how the body really works, you can fix lots of stuff. So plantar fasciitis, carpal tunnel, scoliosis, frozen shoulder all, are all actually brain problems because the brain controls the tone. So you can actually reset those things. So like Carpal tunnel and plantar fasciitis, we have a really, really high success rate with fixing without surgery. And I can teach, I teach people, I reset stuff. And I teach people, go home and do these exercises. And if you do them right, you'll be fine. And so that's where we get a lot of this stuff done because it's all brain functionality. Right. And then, so like this, so the, I'm a real big fan of cannabis now. Uh, and the strips that I have actually decrease anxiety because they suppress the basal lateral function, the amygdala, which is where all your fear, hate, anger, and terror lives which is why you can actually use cannabis to reduce anxiety and calm people down. So there's a lot of brain stuff. Because once you figure out how the brain works, you can then figure out how the whole rest of the body works. And so that was one of the big, big things we went through is figuring out all the physiology, how things actually work versus what we're told. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things out. Um, and this is always people come in, they're like, you know, you get what you pay for when you, right, when you especially right. when you talk about doctors, mm-hmm. um, like cholesterol, has very, very little to do with placking and arterial sclerosis and, and cardiovascular health. But people don't know that because if you go to a normal doctor, they're told you will give everybody who has a 201 and above cholesterol rating statin drugs. Look for cholesterol, give them drugs, you're done. And that's, wow. not, that's not really how things go. So you know, those little things of figuring out, you know, okay, hey, how's the body really gonna work? How's the physiology really function? And then going into the physiological function is really where a lot of this stuff lives. It's just how do you know what's the right thing to do? Because when I was a kid, I can remember watching, you know, um, like uh, like that show with that, that the, the school bus on it. And the school bus shrank down and it goes into yeah. the body and you see the cholesterol sticking on the inside. How do you get away from that into, into, this, into this new knowledge base? Because everything I learned, like, came up in the 90s so everything i learned medically was probably discovered in the 70s before it was put into textbooks in the 80s how do you know going forward like what's true because i i learned cholesterol was 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 bad and it stuck to the inside of you you know like so it's you do that by reading research so um like i said i wake up at 4 a.m hiring smart guys like you <laughs> well and it's funny because like you know I'll, I'll, I'll read some research and then I'll be like, well, if that means this, and we have this thing over here. So like, for instance, the, the things you really want to look for with, you know, if you're worried about cholesterol plaquing is not necessarily the cholesterol, but the reason it plaques. So, so reactive oxidative stress damages the blood vessel, you, know, you have fibrinogen issues, you have tissue factor issues, interleukin one and six, that creates a, a formula for making cement basically. And that's what oh. then plaques. Uh-huh. So it doesn't matter what your cholesterol levels are. If your inflammation levels, your, your interleukin one and six and fibrinogen are low, you're not going to plaque. If those are high and your cholesterol is low, doesn't matter. You're still going to plaque. Right. So there's a lot of people who are dying from heart attacks and strokes who have quote unquote good or normal cholesterol levels. 
about 40 to 50 percent of people who die from heart attacks had good cholesterol levels. The problem was that he didn't understand the inflammatory piece. And so you go and you find the inflammatory pieces, you fix that. That's how you reduce the actual problem. Man. That's that's the big thing that you have to go and find it yourself and pill it out and build build your blood labs and build your protocols around that because that's not what we call standard of care. So, so you're doing like very 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 proactive doctoring. We're coming in every few months. We're getting the blood work done. We're looking at panels. We're saying, hey, we can tweak this. We can reduce that. This is good. This is bad. Is is, is that how this works? Because you know, growing up, you just you go to the doctor when you're sick. Not sick, don't go. No problem. Right. Well, so there's there's two models, and mm -hmm. that the the you know sick care is a is a is a solid model. Um, if that's how you want to live your life, that's cool. Um, no, but no, the way we're, we're trying to learn how not to do that, we're trying to learn how to <laughs> optimize ourselves and like be the most best version of ourselves we can possibly be. Well, so the way that I do it is I'm like, look, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be your financial advisor, but for health. Mm -hmm. Like everybody understands that you can't wait till you're 60 to plan for retirement financially. Correct. Yeah. Same type of thing with, with wellness. Mm -hmm. So you want to come in and be like, okay, what's wrong with me now? Let's fix this now. And let's check every so often. We'll make sure that things are where they're supposed to be. So like a lot of the stuff I do telemed because I work with patients all over the world. And so we'll send them blood labs. They'll do that. We'll send them, hey, look, here's the nutrition you've got to do and the supplementation you got to do. Mm -hmm. um, and which is, that's, a, that's actually a big piece of this, the misunderstanding. Um, people always come in there like, I, I just need some guidance. I don't know. I don't know if keto thing or the vegan thing mm -hmm. or the carnivore, I don't know which best, you know? And I'm like, well, here's the biggest problem. There is no diet for people. There's a diet for a person, mm -hmm. which you can then find out through somatotyping and blood levels and genetics. And, you know, there, there's a way to find out how your specific diet should be, but there isn't a diet that everyone should eat. And what right. we're taught in America is that we have a food pyramid and everyone should eat the same way. And that's kind of stupid because <laughs> like, how do you look at the diversity of the world and be like, yes, every one of these bodies has to run exactly the same way. Right. That's how you get diversity. That's no, how you get. So, and that's the big thing is, okay, first of all, we're going to do, we're going to figure out what your goals are. Then we're going to figure out what type of you know, fuel your body needs, whether you need to be carbohydrate based or fat based or how you need to be set up. Then we kind of go through the chemistry of, okay, here's the chemicals that you need to check your hormones, check your supplements, check your know, vitamins, minerals, everything to put it kind of into a ball. And then we kind of build out from there. And that's how I think, you know, that's what concierge really is, mm -hmm. is it's a, I have to build a plan for you because you are a different human being than your brother and the sister, your, your buddy down the street and your boss. So everyone's a little bit different. So you got to figure out what the key is for you and build out from there. Yeah, you can't yeah. do that with a, I've got 10 minutes to see you write your script and kick you out. That's so the, <laughs> the models are different. They're a lot different. I can definitely see the um, see the advantages of uh, of working with with someone like yourself, man. I mean, that's just uh, you you want to get everything lined out and and be good now, ready for what's coming in twenty years. That makes that yeah. makes a lot of sense. So you do like customized wellness plans for for each individual, but I'm going to ask you a generalized question for for okay. the listeners. What what are some of the most basic common mistakes that you're seeing? your clients making as, as they come in as new clients? Um, the problem is, is that a lot of guys are doing bits and pieces of things properly. They're just not getting any results. I'm like, why not? I'm like, because you're doing a five-step program. You're doing step one, step four, and then step two. And then you're wondering why you don't get any progress. So it's just re-putting those things back together. Because a lot of guys who come in and want to work with me have spent some time in the gym. They've spent some time trying to learn this. It's just mm -hmm. they're, you know, 
they're really good engineers or they're really good salespeople or really right. good, you know, something else. And like, I don't have, I don't have time to dedicate to this like I have. And so I can kind of put those things together. There's a lot of people doing a lot of the right things in the wrong order or they're missing one critical step. And that's where everything comes to sideways. So there's, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of the big thing. Or they're trying to do, hey, my buddy who has got really healthy doing this thing. And so I'm doing it, but I'm not getting healthy. Again, your body and your buddy's body might not have the same chemistry. You right, might be doing right. yourself a disservice trying to be vegan or trying to be a vegetarian or trying to be carnivore when you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So those are the type of things we kind of have to put together that way. It's just that they, they, haven't, they haven't understood, no one's explained to them that their body might be totally different than the other guy who they're modeling their, their life after. Right, right. So the first biggest step would be to get the tests done and then figure out what's going on in their specific body, right? Correct. Okay, that makes makes a lot of sense. Right? It makes a lot of sense. So, uh, yeah, what are some of uh, what are some of your favorite foods to fuel your body? Because I'm looking at you like this guy just must eat ground beef over and over and over. Well, so it's funny. So, um, so, so I'm 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 very into morph. So I'm very on the on the side of fat. So my my body runs on fat. Mm-hmm. If you give me a carbohydrate, my body will take the smallest amount possible, turn that into glucose, and then turn the rest into fat because my body prefers to burn fat. It wants right. to be in a ketotic state. So I eat a lot of fat. Um, so we're t- you know, but there's a lot of protein involved as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you know, yeah, I eat a lot of ground beef. Um, I eat a lot of oils. Um, and so, you know, clean oils, you know, uh, so avocado is a weird deal because there's a lot of really good <laughs> avocado oil. And there's a lot of trash avocado oil. But so avocado, olive, coconut, you know, those oils. Right, right. Um, and then we do a lot of, you know, the keto gluten-free type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll do that. So steak, hamburger, uh, lots of different sausages, cheeses. Um, and then we found it a way to using eggs to do, to make really, really good lasagnas and raviolis and stuff like oh, that. Nice. So, oh yeah. There, there's the, once you kind of get into the keto deal, which is a fat-based diet, mm-hmm. There's a lot of options. My wife makes some of the best gluten-free keto brownies I've ever had. Like they're oh. better than like normal brownies. Like I love these things. So, yeah. And then there's like if I need an extra thousand calories because I'm real I'm real consistent with my macros. Mm-hmm. If it's late and I'm tired, I need an extra thousand calories. I'll actually eat a pint of Rebel vanilla ice cream with three tablespoons of peanut butter. Dude, that sounds terrible. Oh, it's oh, dude, it's, it's so awful. horrible. I'm so ta- <laughs> you know, it's so I'm so sorry. Like, it's always things people are like. You know, keto is unsustainable. And I'm like, have you read a keto cookbook? Like mm-hmm. it's delicious. Like it yeah. is the most sustainable diet you can come up with if you're just not lazy. It it really is. I just, you know, fuck, I like cake, mate. You know, it's like <laughs> Well, you can make keto cakes. Dude, but the I, other thing, you know, is, again, <laughs> keto might not be the best diet for people, but here's the other funny thing. Like you can radically most mezzos, the guys in the middle all the way over my side, if you eat the keto desserts, it's gonna be better for you anyway. Because mm-hmm. if you went to like if you went to like a keto ice cream and keto cakes and keto stuff like that, even if you're not keto, all we did was just strip all the sugar out. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a lot of guys where I'm like, no, you cannot be keto because of the way your body's built. You have to have carbohydrates, but I still want you to eat all the keto desserts. And they're like, why? And I'm like, I don't want you to have all the refined sugars. Yeah, I'm just stripping the sugars out with this. And they're like, yeah. oh, okay. And we've had great, great, you know, people losing weight and really, really healthy just because they got rid of the refined trash carbohydrates. So even if they need good carbohydrates, getting rid of the trash ones is really important. You, you don't realize just 
how much crap you're you're actively uh, consuming during the course of a regular day. You know, a, a Reese's piece here and there, and a, you know, a little candy bar, and it's it's all that refined sugar. And man, when you go out to restaurants, it's like, how do you know what to eat when you go to a restaurant? That's actually pretty hard. See, so it's really easy for me because I'm like, give me a steak, give me some blue cheese, give me some bacon. I'm yeah. good. It's pretty yeah, easy. So yeah. It, yeah, it's pretty easy. I'm going to eat meat and mm-hmm. I'm going to have, you know, a blue cheese or a ranch if I'm going to put something on it. Um, and so once you kind of, and you, a lot of times you'll be like, hey, what do you cook the uh, the asparagus in? What do you cook the, you know, this or that? And mm-hmm. if they're like, oh, it's in this, you know, it's in this really sugary sauce. Now nah, I'm cool. You know, like, cause like one of the things I really like, there's a, there's a slab of bacon at the double Eagle and they cook it in this really, really awesome, like, uh, brown sugar sauce mm-hmm. it's delicious yeah i see but it. i can't have it, <laughs> I've so seen I'm it. Like, can you just give me the bacon without the sauce and sometimes they can sometimes they can that's mm-hmm. cool it's one of those things that i always tell people you're like oh i'm so sorry we didn't think of you i'm like you, it's my diet like i'm right, not trying right. to impress upon you like any place that serves steak i'll go like we're mm-hmm. good if i can get yeah. a breast of chicken or steak i'm good don't worry about my diet that's a me thing mm-hmm. so but that's that's you can start to learn it as you go through, um, just kind of what you can and can't eat. Um, but it's not, it's one of those things, if you care, it's not that hard. Right, right. I mean, you know, when, when COVID happened and the world shut down, I, um, I stopped going out to eat, obviously, by, by, by force. Um, yeah. But I never went back. Um, now I cook everything. I get all my own vegetables, all my own meat, and I pretty much live off just meat and vegetables. And then, like I say, cake occasionally because I like cake. But now I got to go with uh, keto friendly cake, and I'll, I'll be just fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so you know that's one of those big things because people will come in and they're like, you know, because when I say I custom make these things, you know, it, it sounds terrible. I'm like, look, first thing you have to understand is you're still going to die. So yeah. if there's something in your life you love, let's work it in. If you like to smoke cigarettes, cool. Let's work that into your plan mm-hmm. because the most important thing is that you're happy with your life. So let's make sure that you're still going to be happy with your life. I've been in two car wrecks. Both should have killed me. So we, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So let's make today as functionally happy as we can. Right. If you right. like, hey, man, I love Whataburger. I'm going to have it. Cool. Let's work that into your plan. Yeah. yeah. And so as we go through, like you can still do some of those things. You just can't do it four times a day every day. Mm-hmm. Dude, I would eat Whataburger so much. And then like, I don't think I've had it. It must have been a year, year and a half since I've eaten it ever. Yeah. Like it, you just, you once, once you get into cooking fresh food and cooking at the house and everything else, those, uh, those drive throughs just, they get less and less appealing, man. <laughs> We, we make, so my, we make a pizza and my wife and I have pizza, uh, like once a week. Uh, and it's, you know, it's really, really fun. You know, we talk like the thing I love about apex is, is it's the whole body, right? It's the whole thing. Like we want to make our bodies healthy, our marriage is healthy, our business healthy. Right. And I'll tell you, it doesn't take very long, but I love making pizzas with my wife. Like it's just, it's, it takes us 20 minutes to make them and eat them. Right. But it's, it's, I just really enjoy doing that. And so that's one of those things. We were like, oh my gosh, it's gonna be so hard. We get we get the the keto pizza crust. Yeah. We put some Alfredo on it. Put some cheese on it. You shred the cheese. That takes the longest. Toss some cheese on there. Mm-hmm. It takes three minutes to shred it. And then you know mushrooms and sausage and chicken and onions and whatever and done. And it's yeah, awesome. It's half, the, it's half the fun is cooking your own stuff. I mean, yeah. Uh, I would make pizza bases from cauliflower. Um, I did I did keto very successfully a few years back and lost uh, about fifty pounds in four months by just diet and exercise. I went I went started off with couch to five k, so it started off as a walk every day and then ended up running every day. And uh, but keto was like freaking incredible for me. 
Um, but one thing I want to touch on now that, um, you know, in some circles doesn't get talked about a lot, and I feel as though it's very important. When I was in uh, just a couple of years ago, um, I kept falling asleep in the afternoons and having no energy and being lethargic. And uh, at the time, you know, I'm 40 years old, I'm feeling good, but man, I just keep falling asleep. What the hell's going on with me? So I went and got my hormones checked, uh, as recommended by some guys, and ended up being like completely deficient in testosterone, which a lot of guys don't like to talk about because it might be a little bit taboo. Hey, I don't have any testosterone. Well, yeah, everything works just fine, but I just take naps a lot. How common is it for guys, especially entrepreneurs in the late 30s and early 40s, to start being deficient in a lot of the hormones that they need? So um, hormones are one of the most un misunderstood things I think I have to deal with. Um, but I would say probably 90% of the, of the hardcore entrepreneurs who are 25 and over have low T. No and the reason, oh yeah, as high as, as high as that, yeah. Oh yeah, because you can't have high stress and high test. <laughs> so as your stress comes up, you go through something called cortisol steel, where yes. your body uses the nutrients to produce cortisol instead of producing testosterone. Mm. And so you've got to do something about that. So you either have to get rid of your husband slash wife, you've got to get rid of your kids and your business and everything to have those those things come back up. But obviously that's not going to happen. So we have to artificially oh, function. I don't know. Hold on. That. Get get rid of wife. Get rid of kids. Get rid of business. <laughs> okay. All right. We're on it. <laughs> yeah. Then you're good. Um, but you know, and it's funny because you know, I talk I talk to people, and they're like, "Well, I don't I don't want to get on steroids." And I'm like, "Well, the, what's wrong with that?" And they're like, "Well, you know, uh, it's it's just bad." And I'm like, "It's it's not." And it's always funny because I'm like, do, "Do you know what the largest population of people on steroids is?" Like middle-aged men. College-age women. What? Yep. Estrogen is a steroid. Fair Birth enough. control is estrogen hormone therapy. So the vast majority of college-age women are on birth control, estrogen-based birth control, so they're on steroids. And it's funny because you're like, well, it's not, it's not performance-enhancing. Ask any athlete. Uh -huh. So one of the number one reasons people, women take estrogen-based uh, birth control is because it helps them regulate their mood, their emotions, and their mental clarity. Mm -hmm. Ask any athlete what the most important thing in, a, in sports is, and they'll all tell you it's their it's your mental game. Yeah, that's yeah, the most yeah. important. So you can't tell me that regulating mood and emotional function isn't going to produce performance. Now, I'm not trying to say this is the same thing as testosterone because they're two different hormones, but we just don't understand these type of things. So it's very very important that we when we when you look at the body, you look at all of the vitamin levels, hormone levels, everything, and just recognize them as not good or bad or anything. Just things we have to hold the right spot. Right, right. And so we need to increase that testosterone. Now, there's a variety of ways of doing this. And I see people doing it wrong more often than I see them doing it right. Um, the quick little things, you got to get your blood work taken every couple months to make sure that your blood's not getting too thick. You got to make sure that the levels are where they're supposed to be. More is not always better. Uh, there's a whole big, long discussion <laughs> about that. Um, yeah. But, and then <laughs> the right medication. Did I so, like, go ahead. <laughs> I have a story about more's not always better. <laughs> so, I, well, I, I come in and started out, and and they put me on this stuff. Oh, maybe probably a year and a half ago now. Uh, they put me on. They put me on this stuff, and they're, they're like, they my levels were about uh, one twenty, and they were trying to get me into the eight nine hundred eight nine hundred range. And um, well, I started on this stuff, Matt, and uh, I wanted to fuck everything. I wanted to fight everybody, and I wanted to eat all the food I could find. And 
when I went back three months later and he did my, my checkups, my numbers were about 1600. So they'd given me like way over what I needed. And it made me, it made me quite aggressive and quite, um, and I didn't, I didn't act on any of it. You know, I'm, I'm old enough to know how not to get into fights and how not to run into random women. But man, it made me like, it made me go ask other guys that I knew that were on it. I'm like, guys, is this, is this fucking normal? And it t- turned out it wasn't. They did dial me back, but uh, it was it was quite the experience at first. It, it definitely sent me uh, like like supercharged some things, you know. Well, and so you know, and there, there's there's that piece. And some people some people don't get that piece. The problem we get into is that, and I I love hearing this from people. They're like, well, you can't take the pills because it, it goes through first pass and damages your liver. You do mm. the injections and you're fine. I'm like, the blood that you inject, like when you inject into your muscles, it still goes in your blood. And that blood still goes through the liver. So right. you do kind of have to reg- regulate how much of the medication you're using. But that, and like you talk about, those type of things happen. But the thing is, a lot of times, if you just change the ester or the type of testosterone you're taking, or the type of androgen, to be more specific, mm-hmm. it, it makes things a little bit better. But one of the other things I see is, because I'll talk to guys, I'm like, oh, you're already on test. I'm like, that's fantastic. I'm like, do you have any family history of prostate cancer? They're like, yeah, my dad, my uncle. And I'm like, okay, you, you can't be on this level of cypionate. Because cypionate converts both into estrogen and dihydrotestosterone, which is a big, big player in prostate cancer. So we'll start using a nortestosterone. I like DECA. Sometimes we'll use something else. But that helps decrease the risk of, you know, dihydrotestosterone damage, prostate cancer, and hair loss, and things like that. So there, there's, there's multiple different ways of making sure that what we've got, what we're using is the right thing. Mm-hmm. And then you start getting into the peptide world, and things get even more interesting. So, like, I'm a really big proponent for longevity of using ipromelin and smorlin uh, to produce higher levels of growth hormones that your body can heal. And basically, you don't stop time and you don't really go backwards, but you can really slow down the aging process. And so, oh, yeah. And that's a big part of one of the things that we're doing is, is slowing down the degeneration. Because I've talked to a lot of guys who hit 60, 65, and they're like, I've got all the money, I've got my jet, I've got all these things, but I'm just destroyed i'm so mm-hmm. tired i'm yeah. just i can't do anything yeah. i can't enjoy my money and so that's why i talk to people like look i'm more of like your financial advisor i'm going to figure out how we can have the highest quality of life for the longest quantity of time yeah i want yeah. you to fall off a mountain at 85 and die that way i don't want you to die drooling on yourself in a nursing home mm-hmm. and so that's kind of the piece that we looked at so yes it's gonna be hormones it's gonna be you know not just testosterone we're gonna regulate estrogen we gotta regulate everything else and one of my favorite things is that this kind of shows you the level of education that we have in this country on hormones. Mm-hmm. So you're familiar with D3, right? Yeah. It's not a vitamin. It's a hormone. No shit. The first rule of first rule of vitamin is cannot be made in the body. Right. D3 is made in the body. So it can't oh. be a vitamin by definition. And the first, the first definition of hormone is chemical messenger. D3 helps your body to absorb specific ions and then directs those ions where they need to go in the body. Wow. So if you bring in calcium, D3 goes, we need you at bone today. Tomorrow mm-hmm. you bring in calcium. Goes, now we need you at the heart. So your mm-hmm. heart will keep beating. Mm-hmm. And so that's what D3 does. And so that's why you need your D3 levels substantially higher than most lab people have it at. I'm going to write so this down. I, yeah. they, they always yell at me for my D3. Always. Yeah. So like, a lot of guys, like I've got it 10,000 I use twice a day. Mm-hmm. Or 5,000 I use based on body type mm-hmm. and how, you know, how hard they're hitting and stuff like that. So like that's a really big one as well. But again, the 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 education to people on hormones is so bad. We don't even know what a hormone is half the time. Well, I, so I that's, don't. 
Well, then that's well, and, and a lot of docs don't even know it. That's why we so, rely on guys like you. Well, that and that's fine. Just make sure you guys are listening to the right people. I have a question. Yeah. What are collagen peptides, and why does my girlfriend keep putting them in my coffee when she thinks I'm not looking? So, all right. So, collagen is okay. So, this goes back to another misnomer. People think that you, our body needs protein. Our body mm -hmm. does not need protein. Our body needs amino acids. Okay. The thing is, is that we get amino acids from protein. But here's the problem: if you eat a steak that has mm -hmm. 20 grams of protein, mm -hmm. you might not digest all 20 grams. You might digest seven or eight mm -hmm. and get yeah. the get the amino acids out of seven or eight. Mm -hmm. If you take collagen, it's a very, very, very weak protein. And so what happens is, as soon as it goes in your body, your body goes. And it breaks into all of its amino acids. Mm -hmm. And so you then get the uptake of those amino acids your body desperately needs to heal. So that's why when people say, oh, I take collagen, it helps X, Y, and Z. That's why it does. Because you gave yourself the building blocks your body needs to actually take things in and recreate and restructure everything in the body. So that's the thing. So I just lost an argument in the best possible way. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes, that's the thing. Well, it's always funny to me because people are like, I love watching these body, these like on the forums and on the protein stuff. And they're like, whey is better than pea protein. And I'm like, they're actually pretty much equal because the whole reason you take whey and the whole reason you take pea is to get the leucine that's in, <laughs> in the whey because leucine has the highest muscle protein synthesis of the amino acid. Then you take in your isoleucine that acts like insulin, pushing the nutrients into the cell. And that's how everything works, which is why the arguments of Protein over amino branched chain amino acids is stupid because branched chain amino acids are the entire reason you're taking your protein to begin with. So again, dude, I'm just learning so much over here because like all I ever see is a little box that says BCAA on it. It's like take these. I'm like, well, I don't know why I'm taking them, but now yeah. like you're, I should have come to you before. <laughs> well, and so you know, it, there's there's little things that you can do like with that. Like so, I'm just, okay, as soon as you work out, take your branched chains because you're gonna have the highest affinity. Of absorption of nutrients afterwards mm -hmm. for a number of different reasons. One, right after an exercise, you're most parasympathetic. So you're most resting, digesting after you work out. Plus, your body has this big affinity for sucking everything into the tissue because you just used up all the stuff in your cells. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you take your branch chains, like, I, like, so I'll work out at the house and I'll walk directly back in. And the first thing I do is I wash my hands and I take my branch chain amino acids as soon as I can. So I give my body that hit of here's the amino acids you're, you're asking for, go fix it. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how that goes through. Now, I will also take a collagen because I, I run a, and this is, I do this, again, this is not something that normal people should do. I run a 22-2 fasting schedule. So I eat one time a day because mm -hmm. I'm cutting right now. Yeah. Um, but I, I take in a bunch of collagen in the morning and at lunch. And the reason is because when you're fasting or when you're in ketosis, your body, your brain, and your muscles still need glycogen. Mm -hmm. And so your body makes glycogen or glucose through gluconeogenesis. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is your body takes amino acids, typically alanine, glycine, and it builds them into glucose to then feed your body. So I want my brain and my muscles to still have the glucose, so I take the collagen to then make the glucose. And so if you're fasting, collagen's a really, really good thing to take because it won't break your fast, but it'll still help your body function. No kidding, I didn't know that. So, so as soon as I'm done working out, I take my BCAAs and some collagen, and I can continue my fast till later in the day. Yeah. Because when I do that, I do a 20 and a four, and I generally eat between four and eight o'clock in the evenings, and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. Man. So, <clears throat> since we've touched on intermittent fasting uh, and, and weight loss, one of, my, uh, one of my questions for you is, 
um, what is the best way to get results at weight loss. However, let's talk a little bit more about intermittent fasting and why that's such a good thing for the body. So um, I'm, if you were going to do it for religious or philosophical reasons, that is a completely different conversation. And I, I love that. And that's great. That's not what we're talking about over here. Okay. So I don't like ectomorphs too fast. So the guys who like can eat whatever they want to and never gain an ounce. So th those are the real skinny guys? Yeah. So the ectomorphs, the real skinny guys. Yeah, ectomorphs. Yeah, okay. So here's, here's the problem. Their body, just like my body doesn't want to run on carbohydrates, their body doesn't want to run on fat. So mm -hmm. what happens is that they can eat whatever they want to, and their body just excretes whatever it doesn't mm -hmm. use because yeah. it doesn't want to burn fat, so it's not going to hold fat. The, the reason I don't like those guys to, to fast is because their bodies are designed to run on carbohydrates and get them in on a continual basis. Mm -hmm. So from a weight loss perspective, typically you don't have ectomorphs asking about weight loss anyway, but right. you're like, oh, I'm going to try to fast because you guys are doing it. Not a great idea for your ectomorphs. Mesos towards endos, so the middle guys all the way over to guys like myself, mm -hmm. fasting is great as long as you get into ketosis first. And the reason I want you in ketosis first is because I want your body already making glucose through gluconeogenesis before you just be like, no more food. So it's really nice to be like, okay, is your brain going to get the stuff at once? Your brain and your heart need to get the stuff at once before you do anything else. Mm -hmm. So don't just be like, you know, hey, I ate 40, you know, 40 percent of my diet yesterday was high glycemic carbs, and today I'm fasting. Terrible plan. You're going to feel miserable. You're going to be. You're going to do more damage to your body than you do good. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to go into, if you're going to start doing intermittent fasting, get into ketosis first, then do your intermittent fasting, and that'll help out quite a bit. And ketosis um, is ketosis is what we get into when we take away the carbs and the sugars, right? Correct. When your body starts burning fat as its main fuel source, that's the main that that's when we know we're in ketosis. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be a much better position to then fast out of than just deciding you're going to do it one day. And you can so, actually get those little strips from the store, yeah. right? That you pee on that tells you because it tracks tracks. I forget what it is. It's something in your urine, though, right? The ketones. Yeah, ketones. Yeah. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah. yeah. So ke ketosis first. And yep. then intermittent fasting. So what, and then do your fasting. What happens to the body when it's fasting as opposed to just like the, the, the normal way of weight loss of counting some calories? What's the, what's the difference there? So what happens is that like, so for like myself, my body is constantly, it's doing two things. It's constantly making glucose mm -hmm. and it's also constantly burning the fat that's on my body for fuel. Mm -hmm. So because I didn't give it a thousand calories for breakfast, it's got to find those thousand calories. Right. So it just pulls my gut. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, hey, here's some fat here. And here's some fat here. I'm going to take this. I'm going to burn this for fuel. Now, here's the other side of that. We, we eat for two reasons. We eat to bring in nutrients to make our body's chemical function run. And mm -hmm. we bring in calories to make, the, to make it kind of something of fuel to run on, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to eat your calories, your body has to burn the fat that's on your body. You still have to bring in this nutrient. This yes. is why we supplement. We right. bring in the chemistry your body needs to function from a supplement. We then allow the body to burn your own calories for energy. Mm. So that's that's a really important thing. So if you're going to just, I'm just not going to eat today. Well, you've got to take some supplements because your body yeah, still has chemistry it has to perform. No one's ever framed it for me like that. Like well, and that's, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You're just r removing the calories, but making sure we still got all the essential chemicals we need to, to make shit happen. Yeah, because like if you don't have enough CoQ10, for instance, you're going to have too many reactive oxidative stress or free radicals. Plus, your body is not going to be able to make ATP at a high, enough, a high enough level. And the reason that our heart beats and our brain works is because of ATP. So you really want to make sure that you're giving your body enough chemistry 
to maintain chemical function while you're trying to use your body's fat to burn off for energy. So that it, it is a very, very important thing to, to put the two together and recognize them in those two different normal viewpoints. It's just crazy that there's so much more to nutrition than broccoli and cake, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm learning so much today. I don't eat those things at the same time, but you, you know, you get you get where I'm going, um, yeah. dude. So as 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 entrepreneurs and as as listeners to the show, what are a few things that people can be doing themselves at home to to get a little better and gain that little extra one percent every day? So the first thing I always like to do um, is w- look at it this way. So let's say that you have a plant, and plants need water and they need sunshine, and they need you know soil. Mm-hmm. It, if your plant's not growing, and you're like, well, it's in the dark, and you moved it into sunlight, and it started growing again, no one would be like, you're a genius. But <laughs> like people tell me that all the time. I'm like, I just, your brain needs oxygen. We just gave it oxygen, and mm-hmm. now it's fine. Right. So the, the biggest things that I always tell people is like, look, don't let your doctor convince you that you need to worry about cholesterol levels. Go get a calcium CT. That'll tell you how much plaquenil's in your arteries to begin with. Go get an echocardiogram. That'll tell you how the heart's actually functioning. Those two pieces of technology that have been around a long time, mm-hmm. and you can get for between 500 and 700, 500 and 1,000 bucks. If you bring me those two pieces of information, I can pretty much tell you your cardiovascular risk for the next three to five years. So that's one of those big things that people need to recognize. There yeah, are tests yeah. out here that can tell me what's going on with my blood you know, or, or with my body getting your blood work done and having it read by, read by somebody who knows what they're doing mm-hmm. is also very important. I always tell people, no athlete should see a non-athlete doctor and not a doctor who treats athletes, but an actual doctor who's also an athlete. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I, I see blood work all the time. And people were like, my doctor said I was going to die. And it's this and it's that. And I'm like, did you work out before you got this blood work done? And they're like, yeah, I work out every morning at four o'clock in the morning. I got blood pulled at seven. I'm like, that's why it looks like this. Mm-hmm. Your BUN is here, your creatinine is here, your ALTAST is here. Like this is this makes total sense for an athlete. But right, your doctor's right. looking at this and he, you're outside the range, but he doesn't understand why. You have to understand not just the numbers on the page, but you have to understand your patient in correlation to the numbers on the page to actually get get the person where they need to go. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's a couple of things that are like that. But, you know, if you can just like the, the number one thing is if you have any extra fat on you, cut the sugars out. That's the first thing you can start to do is just cut your sugars down or out. Right. And that'll help your health in tremendous ways because these processed sugars are not just putting fat on you, but they're destroying the internal chemistry of your body. Mm. And so that's going to be one of those good things. If you can get those refined sugars and that, some of that, those trash oils, the seed oils and stuff like that out, the canola and you know that type of stuff, get that out. You'll be much healthier. And that's the, that's the chemistry that's going on inside of your gut, right? Is that what we're talking about here with the sugar? Well, so yeah, so there's a couple different things. So what happens if you, if you ingest sugar mm-hmm. or very high glycemic things, what happens is that your body goes, oh shit, there's a ton of sugar in my blood system. So it then goes, push a lot of insulin out. And so you push a lot of insulin out and it sucks all the stuff out of your body. And that's why you get these big crashes right, where you're yeah. like, you're, you're, oh my gosh. And then you're just like, okay, I'm going to fall asleep. Like yep. that type of thing. You see it with kids all the time. My kids, all- my kids. Yeah. You can, you can tell when they've had candy. <laughs> right. And so that's the thing. Well, here's the problem. Your body regulates itself all the time. So if it's used to seeing giant hits of insulin, giant hits of insulin, giant hits of insulin, it's going to be like, I'm going to quit listening to you. And so the the amount of insulin needed to do normal function starts going up Mm -hmm. more and more and more. This is what we call insulin resistant. 
And so this is where this is that's what drives us in this type two diabetes. Right. So keeping the sugars monitored, keeping them where they're supposed to be, will really help with type two diabetes. Um, I had a I had a patient come in, and uh, she was terrified. Her, her doctor was like, her sugars were three hundred fifty, and she's like, if you don't start doing injectable insulin, you're gonna die. Wow. And she's like, I want to do anything but that. I'm like, all right. And so she was one of those body types who could. And so I was like, if you'll do keto for the next six weeks, I go, I bet you you're going to see these numbers go a lot better. So here's what happens. So she does, she goes keto. She goes back to her doctor a month later, gets mm-hmm. her blood drawn again. That She went from 350 to 150 in a month. Mm-hmm. And her doctor was like, well, this is still too high. You still have to be on insulin. And she came back into me and she said, is this right? I'm like, no, that's not right at all. What's happening is that your body's creating its own glucose, but because you're insulin resistant, it has to make so much to fulfill the needs of your body. That's mm-hmm. why we're at 150. As I give it three, four, four, five more months, it'll start dropping down to where it should be between the 110 and 120 that you know a normal fasting ketotic state would be in. Right. And so that's the type of thing that we have to understand about these sugars is that they really, really corrode and damage the body. And oftentimes the only thing to do if we get to that certain point is just cut them out entirely. Like all the sugars, like even the carbohydrates that turn into sugars, you got to cut them all out at a certain point. Right, right. Man, that's uh, that's definitely something to keep in mind because it's so easy to eat sugar and it's so easy to push everything out of balance. I, I can see how people have real problems with, with staying in shape and keeping on top of all this stuff, man. Um, before we go too much further, I want to go into some of the newer technology that's coming around uh, that you guys are using because you do some stuff, some kind of out there stuff with frequency and vibration, don't you? Yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Tell the audience uh, about how that works because that's kind of exciting to, uh, to learn about. Well, you know, it's always funny. My, my, my Eastern medicine buddies, my Western medicine buddies always tease me. They're like, you're the only guy in the world who's going to talk about injectable testosterone, you know, calcium CTs, echocardiograms, coffee enemas, and, and, you know, frequency work all in the same thing. And I'm like, right. well, that's what people need. But it, it gets into a little bit of quantum physics that if you understand so Einstein's theory of relativity, the equals MC squared basically says that energy and matter are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. So think about it like this, water, vapor, water, and ice are all the same things. It just depends on the energy that they have inside them, right? right. So uh, ice with more energy becomes water, becomes more energy, becomes vapor. Mm-hmm. So our bodies create... Uh, an electromagnetic field and it's not on accident so if you think of vhs tapes cassette tapes if any of you are old enough to remember those uh or even the strap in your credit card or those little magnetic security key cards mm-hmm. our bodies communicate in a very similar manner so when our nerves carry electricity from point a to point b electricity travels in a wave. Right. perpendicular to that is an electromagnetic field that electromagnetic field actually helps our body communicate and tell all sorts of different things that's actually the meridian system from acupuncture from Eastern medicine. That's what we're talking about. That energy flow is electromagnetic conduction. Right. So right. if just like if you take a credit card and put a real powerful magnet over it, you wipe out and destroy your credit card, mm-hmm. the same type of thing can happen to the body, but it's different traumas. So physical traumas, surgical traumas, you know, emotional traumas, chemical traumas can, can alter the way that that electromagnetic frequencies actually function. And so there's ways to go back through and kind of help reset those so that the body can communicate again. And it's, it's really important that people like, it's, it's not just philosophy. It's, we have to understand this. We're not have, we're not fixing things in the body. 
-hmm. We're putting the body back into a position where it can fix itself. Again, right. the whole philosophy is the power that made the body heals the body. The body's going to heal itself. Mm -hmm. No one can, it, it, the first time that somebody's like, Hey, this guy was dead, hundred percent dead for four or five days. We brought him completely back to life. Then you can tell me that with our knowledge, we can do that. We can right. heal the body because if you're like, Oh, well, like Crohn's disease is, is death of the bowel. We don't fix that. We cut it out because you right. can't yeah. animate. You can't fix dead tissue. So the, that's where the whole, like, I don't see the argument of only the body can heal itself. We just have to get out of the way and give it the tools it needs to fix itself. And so this is one of those things. So as we allow the body to communicate just a little bit better, it really, really helps reset the body and, and clean things up and, and fix things. Now, it's, it's intriguing to me that this technology exists. What what are some of the examples of things it can fix? Can it can it fix broken bones or can it fix allergies or can it fix uh, you know cancer? I mean, what what are we what kind of level are we talking about here? Well, so broken bones is a little bit difficult. However, what happens is that that is the reason that we put bone down. There's a mm -hmm. lot, like I said, a lot to do with testosterone there. But the reason we, we, we reheal the bone is because the body recognizes that there's trauma mm -hmm. and then it goes back through and it sends all of the pieces to build it, build it back. So if you've had a trauma and we can go through and say, hey, look, improve the communication, the body can then, because it has better communication, it has better nutrition, all those other things, it can heal much, much faster. Mm -hmm. So yes, broken bones are one of them. The thing I like using it the most for is, is when we have a disharmonious state. So what, it, what that means is that you eat a peanut your body freaks out and it kills you. Mm -hmm. We can we can start to get the body to communicate to be like, look, this peanut thing isn't as bad as you think it is. It's cool. Don't freak out. Don't go anaphylactic. You'll be fine. Like those type of things. Um, so, quick story about personally. Yeah, talk, um, yeah. Talk talk more on that because that's that's like if you can cure a peanut allergy, you could probably put the EpiPen folks out of business. Uh, yeah, I would still carry your EpiPen because <laughs> like you know thing. But uh, so first, quick story about me. So um, I had this weird acne, cystic acne, um, you know, wherever, my, wherever pressure was on my body for 20 years. And I, I went to all my dermatology buddies and they're like, dude, I don't have a clue what this is. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, well, I'm willing to spend some cash on it. I go, Who, who's your guy that you send people to when you can't figure stuff out? And they're like, you. I send people to you when I can't figure shit out. I'm like, all right. Well, what I found out was that, so I broke my right hand when I was 16, 15 or 16. And so I have a plate and like eight pens in my right hand. Oh, wow. They're titanium, but they have all sorts of different metals. It's an alloy. Mm -hmm. And then I broke my right, my left femur and my left foot. And I have a titanium rod, my left femur, pin in my knee, pin in my hip, screw in my foot. Well, what we found out was that I am highly sensitive to the metals that are in my body. Oh, so, that'll do it. Yeah. So I desensitized mm -hmm. myself to those metals and my acne went away. Mm. Um, but we've had people who've, who've had all sorts of issues. Um, so some of the people, not all of them, but some of the people who are getting this breast implant uh, sickness, we can help those people by desensitizing them to silicone. Mm. And so it just basically tells the body, quit creating a massive inflammatory response around these things. They're fine. Leave them alone. Quit trying to eat them. And so mm. that's, that's basically what happens. So like yeah, I said, I've, I've we're never... not changing things. We're just asking the body to quit freaking out about something. Yeah, I've I've known uh, I've known a few people that have had serious reactions to those, but they're they're like it's like reactions over time. It builds up and they don't notice, and then they get sicker and sicker and sicker. So yeah, that's uh, um, and then the hip implants too. Um, my mom actually uh, she had her hips replaced twice 
um, both times with the bad hips, and it was the metal that was coming from the hips. It was leaching out into her something, and it was uh, it was poisoning her slowly. So uh, she's got that fixed now. Though. I think she's got plastic hips, but um, I, you I know they, they, they've got some really cool technology coming out um, to, to to solve some of these things. Now, I'm not trying to say that if you have mercury in your body that we can like, oh you know arsenic and mercury you're fine. No, you still got to get that stuff out. But mm-hmm. what we can do is reduce the inflammatory response to it by allowing your body to communicate a little bit better and, and chill out on some of these things it's overreacting to. Man, it's, it's just, it's staggering the amount that we learn about the body. And uh, it's just, it's amazing. There's guys like you that, that keep up for, keep up with it for us all. So thank you for that. Um, what, be, before we go, cause I just got time for just a few more questions, uh, Matt, where, where do you see the future of your type of medicine going? So, you know, and this is, this is one of those things, and I've been saying this for a little while, and so it, it's kind of the point now where I'm, I'm looking less crazy, but, <laughs> and this is, this is it's sad, but this is where I, I view the world's going. Um, as, as sick care becomes more and more and more expensive, especially with COVID and stuff like that, I think what you're going to start to see is you're going to start to see a very big schism in medicine. Mm-hmm. or in healthcare. Let's just go with healthcare. Yeah. So what's going to end up happening is that we're going to have VA style care that is for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at Europe, you look at Canada, you look at stuff like that, there's like, there's a general level of care that's not great, but not terrible that everybody gets. Right. And then if you really want the higher level of care, if you really want specialized stuff, you're going to have to pay for it. So you're mm-hmm. going to have, yeah. everyone gets this and then people who can afford it do concierge medicine up here and they get all the stuff like I'm talking about. So that's, that's where I see it going, but I think that you're going to start to see as we start breaking these two things apart and we get away from what is called the standard of care, mm-hmm. uh, because you can you can do you can work outside the standard of care if you're doing cash. I think you're going to start to see a massive shift between people who are living a lot longer, a lot healthier, feeling awesome, and then people who are just doing kind of meh, sixty like percent all the time, mm-hmm. but they're not dying. You know, they're not dying, but they're not great. They're just kind of somewhere in the middle. And yeah. people over here who are feeling great, living life, everything's awesome, but they're paying their doctors to be their doctors. Well, and we're seeing a lot of that right now. I mean, that's, that's what you have to do, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, I, I sat at my dentist the other week. I had to get a first ever crown I've ever had put on a tooth. And I sat there and I was like really, really irritated because, man, I got to go get this fucking crown and it hurts and everything hurts. And then I started to think, man, I watched him. As he was doing his tiny little stuff, working his little drill, working his little grind up, getting everything ready. And I'm like, man, I am so grateful that my dentist took the time to go to medical school and practice for thousands of hours making this kind of stuff so I can sit here and so I can afford this treatment. And I think the same should be said for a lot of guys like you, because guys like me are very, very grateful that guys like you exist and have this overwhelming sense of natural curiosity to go and to read those studies and to read those journals at four o'clock in the morning and to learn this and to convey it all to us as your business so thank you so much for doing that man well you're welcome but it's one of those things where it's it's kind of weird because i was talking about a buddy of mine who's a, who's a psychiatrist and he was like you realize that you technically have issues and i'm like yeah but my issues were positive for the for the world because like i i honestly feel like you know people are like what drives you to do that I feel like I'm terrified someone's going to walk in my door with a problem that I can't solve that I could have solved, and I just spent one more hour researching. Mm-hmm. So, like fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue are not super hard to fix. Lyme's we can fix. Um, endometriosis, PCOS, you know, that's a myo-inacetyl, ratio issue. 
know, they have a little bit too extra, too much, uh, you know, xenophytoestrogens, you pull those out, a lot of those people get a lot better. So there's a lot of things right now that people are struggling with that we can work on, we can fix. It's just people just don't know because it's not what they've been taught. When a person comes up with this issue, give them this drug. And if yeah. it's not a drug, if it's not a, you know, if it's a how the body actually works, it's not taught in, in medical school. So that's, that's one of the problems that we're getting into that is being solved by functional medicine, but all those guys are cash. Man, dude, Matt, it has been an absolute blast hanging out with you today. I really don't want to draw this interview to a close, um, but I know you're on a tight calendar and uh, so am I. Um, man, number one, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and hanging out with me today and talking to the audience. Um, I would definitely love to further this conversation between you and I. Um, but, but most importantly, for the guys that have been listening that want to learn a little bit more about this and get connected with you, how can my audience get a hold of you and uh, start on their wellness journey with you? So probably the easiest place is pillarsofwellness.com. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's where I send everybody because that, that also has all the doctors I work with on it. And so we're, we're building that up. Um, and then any of the social media is Dr. Chalmers one. Uh, I'm trying to build the Twitter up. I wasn't doing Twitter before Elon bought it. Now that Elon bought it, I'm like, oh, all right. We can, it got, got kind of interesting, here. didn't it? Yeah. It did. It did. So like Dr. Chalmers, the number one, and that's you know, for all the social media, but pillarsofwellness.com is going to be the best place to go. Dude, that's awesome. And uh, we'll get those in the show notes, uh, show notes for you, Matt. Uh, thank you so much again for coming on the show. And uh, I will be sure to be going and checking out pillarsofwellness.com and uh, hopefully sending some guys your way. Awesome. Dude, thank you. Uh, guys, that was Dr. Matt Chalmers. Please go and check out his stuff. We'll put the links to his socials in the show notes. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you got some value out of it, run over to Small Business Surgeon and leave us a five-star review. All right, that'll wrap it up for today's interview. You'll be good, and uh, we'll see you on Friday. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.